him to your responsibility to your find and your health and the mental of your children. And now to responsibility, may you all stand at Kenneth's
Gracious and eternal God, our Father. God of the beginning, God of the end. Thank you, God, that in you there is no end. God, we come before you this morning. We come before you with bowed down heads. Stand before you with humble hearts. God, our hearts are burning with fire from the power of the Holy Spirit. God, many of us have the can't help us that we got into the sanctuary and your praise just began to break out inside of us. God, we begin to thank you for waking us up this morning. Thank you, God, for starting us on our way. But more importantly, God, thank you for saving our wretched souls. God, we've never been that good that we could have been saved by our own merits. But God, we thank you for the works of Jesus Christ, who in him we have found our pardon and our security and our salvation and our justification and ultimately one day our glorification. So God, we drop by this morning to tell you thank you. God, we drop by to say thank you for keeping blood running warm in our veins. God, keeping you in our right, for keeping us in our right minds. God, we just got so much to thank you for that if we had 10,000 tongues, we wouldn't even be able to thank you enough. So God, all we can say this morning is thank you. You have not deprived us even though we've been acted deprived. God, you have not forsaken us even though we have forsaken you. God, you never left us even though at times we've walked away from you. God, you are holy and you are righteous and you are just. And God, you are a covenant keeper. You are a company keeper. God, this morning we have grateful hearts and shouts of joy and thanksgiving because you've been so good. You've been so good. God, when we look around us and see those who have fallen from this pandemic, God, we are not mindful that you've been gracious and merciful to us. God, we want to say thank you. God, when we look around and see how many have fallen from this racial endemic that is permeating throughout this land and this country, God, we can't help but tell you thank you. God, whenever we look around us and see this violent epidemic that is going on in our world, God, we can't think, but, but, we, but think about how you have protected us from the valley of the shadow of death. God, we don't have to fear anything because you've been with us. So God, we are grateful for it. Now God, as we set our faces towards the hills from whence cometh our help, as we set our faces toward the light, knowing that Jesus is the light of the world, God, we recognize that there is trouble on every hand. God, while we may have found security in this sanctuary, God, outside the walls of this sanctuary is turmoil and beauty and violence and wrath and sin. And God, we need you. We need you, God, to exercise your authority to, through your people. God, we need you to give us the courage to stand firm in our faith and to go out and tell a dying world that there is somebody that has died for your sins and loves you. God, give us the courage to tell women, men, boys, and girls about Jesus the Christ who was crucified, who died on a cruel cross, but on the third day got up with all power in his hands. He's got the power to save. He's got the power to heal. He's got the power to deliver. 
He's got the power to uplift from depression. He's got the power to restore and reconcile. He's got power. And God, we're calling on that power right now. God, somebody's heart is heavy this morning. We're calling on that power. Somebody's burden has weighed them down. God, we need you to lift up their burdens and be that burden back carrier. God, somebody's child has gone wayward. God, we need you to recoil them back into their homes and back into your presence. God, touch right now. God, we thank you for the grandmothers of this world. Those who had to labor and raise a family. Those who had to tell their children and grandchildren, don't mind me, don't bother me while I'm praising God on this morning. God, thank you for the illustration of Deaconess Job. And God, may we have that spirit in our homes that when praise break out in our hearts, that it will also break out in our mouths. And we don't care who's around. We just want to praise you. Because you are worthy to be praised. Now, God, we need you in this economy. God, we recognize that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world that they that dwell therein. God, it seems to the eye that the rich keeps getting richer and the poor keeps getting poorer. God, the disparity between the wealthy and the poor continues to broaden its horizons. And God, we need you this morning to shorten the gap. God, we need you to allow prosperity to fall upon your children so that we can break down this wealth gap that is going on in this country. But God, we don't want wealth for wealth's sake. We don't want wealth because we love money, because we recognize that the love of money is the root and cause of all evil. God, we want money so that we can push your kingdom forward, so that we can spread the gospel from this section in Tioga of Philadelphia, to this city, the city of brotherly love, to this state, the state of Pennsylvania, to this country, the United States, and to the nations all around this world. God, allow us to use it for your good and for your will, not our fleshly desires. And then, God, we pray that you will strengthen us along the way so that we don't fall off this road that we're traveling because of dissension or confusion or frustration. God, we pray that when we get frustrated, pick us up on every leading side and prompt us to get back in the journey. Stay in the race to see what this end is going to be. God, when we get sick, help us to be like dead. Take a rest for a little while, but get up and get back. Working on the Father's business. God, we pray that when we get discouraged, God, allow us to remind, be reminded of the weak compassion of Jesus Christ, that he had every reason in that week to be discouraged. But he hung on in there. And Sunday morning came. God, allow us to hang on in this journey until Sunday morning comes. Lord, we don't know where we're going to be at on that Sunday morning. But on that Sunday morning, all we know is that we want to hear your welcoming voice ricocheting off the corridors of time, saying, well done, thou good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. Now I'm going to make you rule over many. Enter now into the joy of thy salvation. Thank you, God, that on that day, 
Lord, take off this robe of flesh. Put on that robe of immortality. God, we're going to strike through that metropolis bliss and see Jesus seated at the right hand of the Father making intercessions of the, of the saints. And when we get there, Jesus will take the handkerchief of his love and wipe every tear from our eyes. And there'll be no more crying, no more dying. Every day will be howdy, howdy. God, thank you. This is the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. In his name we pray. And for his sake, the people of God say amen. amen. And thank God.
my light and my salvation. Yeah. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Who shall I fear? This is the English Standard Version because we need to get this. I love King James. King James. King James is so eloquent, but we need to really write the vision and make it plain. The Lord is the stronghold and my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When evildoers assail me to eat up my flesh, my adversaries and foes, it is they who stumble and fall. Yeah, yeah. It's them. Though an army encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war arise against me, yet I will be confident. One thing I have asked of the Lord that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For he will hide me in his shelter in the day of trouble. He will conceal me under the cover of his tent. He will lift me high upon a rock. We need to remember these things. We always need to stay in the word. And now my head shall be lifted above my enemies and around me, and I will offer in his tent. Sacrifices and shouts of joy. I will sing and make melody to the Lord. And Psalm 91, they, they go hand in hand. My refuge and my fortress. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. For he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his pinions, and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and a buckler. You will not fear the terror of the night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in darkness, nor your cousins in them, nor the destruction that wastes that wilderness. And we're about to sing for you Jehovah Sabbath. And that's the host of heaven. And that's the Lord, the God. Our God, he has many names. And some of us, we just don't know them all. And I started with a whole list, but I said, I'm not here to just take up too much time. But I also wanted to add this before we sing our song. It's about protection. When I walk through waters, that's trouble waters. You are with me. When I walk through the rivers of these difficulties, they do not cover me. When I walk through fire and oppression, I am not burned because you are always with me. No flame shall set me on yeah, fire. Yeah. Your angels have been commanded to keep me in all my ways. They guard, protect, and keep me everywhere I go. And that's more Psalm 91. May the Lord have a blessing the hearing and understanding of his word.
Yeah. Around me, even in 
thousand day. Um, is there someone from the Haunted Thousand that wants to say something? Which is great, you should really add to it. Yes. Or you just answer. They're also celebrating today that somebody from the hospitality club wants to say something today. So it's all right. Go ahead. <laughs> well, we're just having a good old time in the world. Yeah. 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 That's why we're here. And as far as the women, we just knew we wanted Sister Florence to speak today. Yeah. Um, we're just happy to be here. So pretty much today, we just have a speaker to bring us the word. Yeah. And I've asked people to do certain things because we didn't have to sit and participated today with our program and we just want to say thank you first lady for accepting our request to so you all know sister we call her sister cousin first lady <laughs> so we all we all know her so we don't have to read her bio but we can have a nice I don't trust you know we all know and love you um and Pastor do you have Amen. Let the church say amen. Amen. Church say amen again. Amen. One more time. Amen. How many are glad to be in the service? Amen. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear, shall hear their love and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us rejoice in his name forever. Amen. Amen. It is a great day to be in the house of the Lord. I am glad to be celebrating on our day, Women's Day, and I can say our because I'm the pastor. Uh, not because I'm not straight up like 6 o'clock, because I am, um, but I say our day because I'm pastor of God and everybody. So I'm definitely glad for the women. What a marvelous time we are having on today. I celebrate you with Jesus' joy, um, all of the great works that the women have done historically in Mount Ephraim Baptist Church. We appreciate every iota of it. We just thank you so very much. Let's just give a hand for our women on today. Amen. 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 Now, I greet you with Jesus' joy. I'm definitely glad to be here. Um, you heard the announcements. A um, couple of other announcements that's going to be coming up. Um, I want to um, say just to make a few announcements. Um, number one, on the third Sunday of November, Men's Day is coming up. Yeah. On the third Sunday in November, I think that's November the 21st, Men's Day is coming up. Yeah. All right, they said it's Women's Day, okay? That third one is going to be a charm. It's getting ready to happen. It's getting ready to happen. Amen. Amen. It is Women's Day. We look forward to that. Um, also, um, we're going to be talking more about this in November. I believe it's the 13th. Please forgive it. I don't have the date sitting in front of me. But on, I believe it's November 13th. Well, the third, I believe it's the second Saturday in November. We're going to get this date right. Just hold the thought. Um, we're going to be meeting uh, with the members. Uh, amen. 
Um, those who may be on the conference line skeptical about coming back in because we're in this pandemic, we want to have an opportunity for you to, to talk about that and miss other things. And so, um, so a couple of things that you can do. Um, you can, there will be an envelope by the sec, by the um, church clerk's office. You can place your concerns in that envelope. You can anonymously write your concerns in the envelope. Um, make sure you're at the church meeting though. Can't nothing happen unless we're all there at the meeting where I want to meet with you. Um, and so um, make sure you place them in. We want to deal with them one by one if we have time to deal with. We want to try to make an attempt to deal with all of them. Amen. 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 And so we want to hear your concerns. Um, and then um, following um, that, we want to talk about as we move through this pandemic and we get comfortable with it. Um, there is still work to do outside of the walls of the church. People are still dying and going to hell. Amen. 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 And also everybody in the church is not saved. We need to save folks in the church, not just saying our church, but every church. Amen. 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 And so we want to we want to begin a, a serious evangelistic thrust movement um, like never before. We want to share this gospel on many fronts. Um, we have recognized through the pandemic one thing. Um, and I, I read a book that was, um, I believe it was the church in pandemic or uh, but what we have discovered um, is that we don't have to have a church building in order to have worship and in order to have ministry. Amen. 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 And so this is a moment where we should be outside the walls of the church in ministry, but keeping safe, recognizing that we are in a pandemic. And I'm not ignorant to that, um, but we all go to the market. Amen. 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 Some of us go to work. Amen. Some of us go to the. Well, not nobody here. Amen. 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 Hallelujah for that. Amen. Amen. But my point is um, if we can be out, uh, we can be out telling somebody about the love of Christ. Amen. Amen. We want to have to do just that. Um, just a couple of acknowledgments. We, we are grateful to see Lottie Dottie and everybody. Glad to have Cousin Kyla up in the hizzy for shizzy. <laughs> so glad to have you, amen. Glad to have you here with us on today. Um, so glad to have Cousin Brenda. Amen. Right. Amen. Whom we all know so well. And, uh, and affectionately have called her Cousin Brenda, our own cousin. She's our own flesh and blood. We appreciate it. We are. We are related by the blood. Amen. 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 And then if you don't mind, I'm definitely glad to see you. Oh, definitely glad to, to have Sister Randall's mom here. Amen. Thank God for this choir. Amen. 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 Amen
and God keep you is our prayer.
You're not going to sprinkle. You're not going to spray it. You're going to pour blessings down the us. God, thank you. For God is not a man that he should lie. So God, we thank you. We ask this in the mighty and matchless name of Jesus the Christ. Bless now lead your people in this part of worship that we are experiencing. In his name, amen. There are three ways that you can give. You can bring your offering in the sanctuary. You can mail it to Mount Ephraim Baptist Church, 2201 North Tioga Street, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, 19140. Or you can go on Facebook and click the link on Facebook.
is worthy to be praised. From the rising of the sun unto the going down of the same, he is worthy. Good morning, church family and friends. Or as we say, it's now afternoon. It is good afternoon. Good afternoon. You know, as I sit up here this morning, I recall this little song I used to sing back in church in Jamaica. I love the thrill that I feel when I get together with God's wonderful people. It's so nice to see those happy faces praising God in the heavenly places. Love the thrill that I feel when I get together with God's wonderful people. Amen. To our pastor, our wonderful choir, Thank you. Our musician. And we have another one here in the congregation. Our congregation, our family of Mount Ephraim, our visitors, my wonderful brother. I greet each and every one of you this morning with the marvelous and matchless name of Jesus, who is Lord and Savior of my life. I greet you this morning. Now, as I stand before you this morning, I do not consider myself in any wise a preacher or an eloquent speaker. I somewhat sometimes you know, similarize myself with Moses because I feel like the words are not, you know, always there. I sometimes stutter when I get a little excited, but you all know that about me, so. I just want you to all to bear with me this morning because there is a word from the Lord. And I must say that I am very humbled to stand before you this morning to share a word. I did wrestle with the text, but as I got here this morning, there was confirmation in the um, in our in our scripture reading, in our responsive reading this morning. Because I did see some correction here, so I'm like, okay, Lord, I thank you. So let us go to the Lord in prayer. Most righteous, divine God, and everlasting Father, this morning I just want to say thank you, Lord, for your goodness, for your grace, for your mercy towards us, your people. I thank you, God, for this opportunity to stand, God before your presence this morning and not be consumed knowing God that is nothing that I did but it's because of all that you have done for me that I am able to stand here before you this morning. I thank you God that I am the righteousness of Christ Jesus and I pray this morning that you will kill my flesh break my desire let yourself hear, let me let Christ, dear God, be seen. Let the beauty of Jesus be seen in me this morning. As you use me, God, as a conduit to present your word to your people and to myself. God, I thank you this morning and I praise you. These are the verses I ask in none other but the name of Jesus the Christ. Amen. Amen. So our text this morning is found in Mark chapter 16 and verse 16. Let me stand for the reading. 
Those Thank who are physically God. able to stand, please stand. Those who are physically able to stand. When you find it, please say amen. So the scripture reads, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. But he that believeth not shall be damned. Our theme for this month is the great admission. I wrestled with this text because, you know, I wanted there, like, who? How do I tie the great admission to such a short scripture? Um, but God brought it together. The great admission. And this morning, if I should use a little subtitle, it is in order to go, we must grow. That is, in order to go, we must grow. Mm -hmm. As we look at this word great, it means above and beyond normal. It's above average. We, we could look at it as being excellent. Admission on the other hand, means the process of entering a place, or it could also mean acknowledge the truth about someone or something. In this case, it's acknowledging the truth about someone. As we examine this theme, we realize that Jesus Christ, in essence, is the definition to the great admission. Mm -hmm. He is the definition to the great admission. Yeah. And I use scriptures to back it up. If we look at Psalms 94 and verse 6, it tells us that God is great. He is great and greatly to be praised. And in John 14 from verse 1 to 4 and verse 6, it says, Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. Yeah. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. And here it is. I go to prepare a place for you. Yeah. Remember, admission means entering into a place. It's the process of entering into a place. Now yeah. Christ is saying, I go to prepare a place for you. He said, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive it unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And whither I go, ye know, and the way ye know. Jesus said unto him, now here is the other definition to the word admission, because it's, it's just confessing truth about somebody. Now Jesus is saying to us, I am the way the truth and the life. So therefore we're seeing here that Jesus, in essence, is the great admission. Uh -huh. He said, no man comes to the Father but by me. By me. This is the sum total of the great admission. Christ prepared a place. He, he, 
provides a way for us to get here in himself. So, so in order to get to this place called heaven, we have to go through Christ. Yeah, yeah. We must follow his way. Our focal text, Mark 16 and 16, says, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. However, this would be, you know, a bit vague if we don't look at what ha happened before Christ said all this. So, to get the full understanding, let's look at the pretext so we can get some context. Because uh -huh. I once heard a preacher say, if you just focus on the text, you'll leave the people with a con. Nobody's going home with a con today. Uh -huh. We know what a con is. Nobody's going home with a con. So we're going to look further into the scripture, into the pretext, so we can get some context. Pastor, I need your help. I'm sorry, Lord. I just messed up the size of this fund, and I don't have reading glasses. So as I was saying, would be a bit vain if we just go, you know, just at that little text, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, and he that believeth not shall be damned. So we got to get some context to it. So we're going to look at the pretext. Mm -hmm. um, Mark 16 and verse 9 to 11. I'll be reading this, like I said, so we can get some context. Jesus, who was crucified, buried, and resurrected, as he promised he would, so we, all of you, and myself, could be partakers to this great admission, he appeared to Mary Magdalene, from whom he had casted out seven demons. She went and told them who had been with him, as they mourned and wept. But when they heard that he was alive and had been by, and she had seen him, none of them believed. Mm -hmm. They did not believe. Now, I'm going to pose this question. Why didn't they believe? Is it because Mary was a woman who Christ caused some demons out of, and they just didn't want to believe her or is it because they downright didn't believe in Jesus? I don't know. It's something that we have to wrestle with. Why wouldn't they believe? Literally through the Bible and before Christ was crucified, he told the disciples everything that would happen. Now you walk with somebody, talk with him, minister with him, watch him cast out demons, heal the sick, raise the dead, open blinded eyes and he told you that I'm going to be crucified for yeah, you yeah. and be resurrected on the third day so you can have eternal life. And yet when you heard that somebody saw you instead of rejoicing yeah. and be happy you did not believe. Mm -hmm. 
So why didn't they believe? Now in verse 12, Jesus appeared in another form unto two of them as they walked and went into the country. Then they went and told it to the other disciples, but guess what? They did not believe. Jesus later appeared to the 11 disciples as they were eating. And guess what he did? He rebuked them. My brothers and sisters, getting rebuked is not a bad thing. It is not a bad thing. He rebuked them. He let them know that, listen, I am not pleased with your behavior and your actions. I am so disappointed in you all. He rebuked them. He called them into account for their unbelief, the hardness of their hearts, and their stubborn refusal to believe those who had seen him after he had risen. We see from these scriptures that among us who call ourselves believers, we're foolish, we're hard-hearted, yeah. we're stubborn, mm -hmm. we're faith-lacking, unbelieving people. Yeah. I said we, don't beat me up, you all. We are stubborn, foolish, hard-hearted, unbelieving people. Uh -huh. It's written in the text. Luke 24 and verse 25 in reference to those two that Jesus appeared to as they walked in the field. Christ called them foolish. He called them foolish because they did not recognize him in the entire scripture. Not once. It was when he was breaking bread with them that they realized that this was the Christ. They later said, did not our hearts burn within us? Yeah. But why couldn't you recognize him initially? Why? Recognize them, people of God, that Jesus rebuked the disciples before he commissioned the disciples. Mm -hmm. In other words, the disciples stood corrected. He corrected them, and they stood corrected. I often hear a pastor mention that discipline is not the enemy of love. And it's not. And this takes me to the scripture in, in 2 Timothy 3 and verse 16 to 17. It says, all scripture is God-breathed. Yeah. And it's profitable for teaching. It's profitable for reproof. It's profitable for correction, for training yeah. in righteousness. And why is it profitable for all these things? That the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Yeah. So if we're going to be complete and equipped, ready for every good work, then we have to be prepared to stand corrected. Mm -hmm. We have, have to. There's no way around it. So Jesus rebukes us, and it is a good thing. He wants the best of us. He wants the best for us. I can also hear the writer of the book in Hebrews, Hebrews 12 and verse 6. It states, the Lord 
disciplines the ones that he loves. Yeah. And he yeah. chastises every, every, each and every person that he received. He chastises them. So we sometimes feel like being chastened is a bad thing. But it is not. It's a part of the growing process. It's a part of the growing pain. Yeah. So when your brother or your sister steps on your toe and you 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 want to fight them, I mean, it, sometimes it's never okay. But guess what? There's there's an order. There's a way to do things. And it's okay. What do you do after that? You repent. You obey. And then you trust God all over again. Now, now that we're open and ready, let us try to conceptualize the word believe. It, it happened, it, it's mentioned so many times in the text. So let us try to, you know, look at what the word believe is. I, I know you all know, but we're just gonna dig a little deeper into it. It simply means to have faith and confidence in Christ who is true. Since belief is what justifies us, and unbelief condemns us, then the question of our faith in Jesus Christ, it is not a light matter. It is not reserved only for the religious, the sentimental. It is not about being moralistically intelligent. Neither is it lit service, because according to Matthew 15 and verse 18, Jesus says, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far yeah. from yeah. me. We gotta stop giving lip service yeah. and put some practicality into the matter. We have to be practical about this thing. We, we, we can't be just sayers, but we have to be doers yeah. of the yeah. word. Mm -hmm. yeah. When we believe in someone, we should unwaveringly trust them and with this trust comes reliance and obedience. Our faith in Jesus should not be limited to the fundamental level. And this is the level where we believe in, where we believe in his existence, his identity, and his nature. But we gotta kick it up a notch, and we gotta radically get to the practical level where we exercise our biblical saving faith mm -hmm. by trusting God, relying on him, and obey him. And this is the part I believe that most, if not all of us, wrestle with. Yeah. Obey him. Yeah. Yeah. See, it's one thing to say that we trust God. And it's another thing to say that we rely on him. But faith without works is dead. We have to become practical by walking in obedience. It is great that we believe in his existence, identity, and his nature, but are we walking, talking, and living like him? Are we doing that? In Luke chapter 9 and verse 23, Jesus said, If any man is willing to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily. Not every other day. Daily. And that's why I put because not all the Gospels said it, but Luke said it, let him deny himself, take up his cross 
daily and follow me. David also said in the Psalms, thy word, which is Christ, because Christ is the word, is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Jesus never said the path was going to be easy. We don't know that the path was not, it was not easy for him. And we know that a servant is not greater than his master. So the question is, is he your master? Because if he is, the path is not going to be easy. Yeah, but yeah. it's what you make of it. Yeah. You can't blame it. We can't blame it on nobody else. We cannot. It's on us. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yes. First lady. You know, since we are in football season, and I know you all probably like this part. Amen. We could lighten this path to a game of football. We know that in order to win a game, we must score more than our opponents. But in the spiritual war or game that we are engaged, where our opponent, the enemy, is Satan, we gotta identify this. He is our opponent. It's not our brothers and sisters who we're fussing with or we're fighting with our, our children and our yeah. husbands and our yeah. wives. It's not. It's yeah. the enemy. It's yeah. the devil yeah. that we are in this warfare with. And we got to realize, women, that the battlefield is our minds. Yes. That's where the war is taking place. Because we know that so much thinking in his heart, so is he. Yes, yes. Whatever you produce, it stems from what you were thinking. However, our advantage in this game or in this war is that the battle, the war, or the game, whatever you call it, it's already won, people. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's already won. Who 
the one who made that absolute. Do we want to disappoint our coach? Do we, we want to disappoint Jesus after all that he did for us? Yeah, the admission is great. We are already secured. Our touchdown is secured. But how are we walking this walk and talking this talk and living this life? Mm -hmm. Does it mirror him? Show Christ that you believe by getting up with confidence each time you get hurt. Tackle or knock down in the game. Mm -hmm. And when things get overwhelming and we cause a personal foul, we shouldn't walk away and leave our teammates. We should, and I'm using an acronym here, ROT. R-O-T. ROT. And that is, we should repent. We should walk in obedience, or we should be obedient, and we should trust Him all over our day. Oh. It is a first time or the second time or the third time but we have to keep going you got to keep your eyes on the price and press towards that mark yeah yeah like Paul said keep pressing because when we do this in this particular war or game whatever you call it we can get past the state of being rebuked we can get past that state. Hence, we become qualified to be commissioned. We're, we're not qualified to go until we repent, we obey God, and we trust Him. We're not. We're not qualified to go. So, in order to be qualified for the commission, yeah. we have to run. What I'm saying, we have to pass the test to get to the next level. In verse 15 of our text today, Christ said, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to all nations. But how can we go tell unbelievers the good news, which is the gospel, if it doesn't look too good on us? You better go ahead. Does, does the good news look good on you? I know sometimes it don't look too good on me. Because sometimes, I'm a human being, you know, that's no excuse. But I behave out of character. What I do or what I say sometimes does not mirror Christ. So the good news don't look too good at me. But what do I have to do? I have to rock. And I do it gladly. I'm always thankful for the opportunity to repent, to walk in obedience, and to trust God all over again. I am thankful for that. So we, we can, can't go ministering to people when, when we need to be ministered to ourselves. We, we, we got to stand to be corrected. Mm -hmm. Telling the good news is placing Jesus on display, which means our attitude, uh -huh. our speech, and the life, life that we live must be a reflection, a mirroring, of Jesus Christ. People of God, and I want you to listen this, you know, carefully. It is dangerous to nonchalantly dishonor the call 
a believer. It is dangerous to nonchalantly dishonor be called a believer. We have to own that title by grace. Knowing that when we mess up, all we have to do is rot. Are, are you a believer? Yes. Are you a true believer? Yes. Are you quick to reconcile your differences? Because yes. that's walking in obedience. That is walking in obedience. First of all, you can't repent before God until if I'm going to use my husband for example. Uh -oh. And I did something to my husband. And I upset him, or I was rude, or demeaning, or disrespectful, or whatever the case may be. And I'm going to come up in here and not repent and be throwing praises. Where are they going? Where are the praises going? Because if you bring your gift to the altar and you remember that your brother have all fought against you. You should leave that gift. Go make it up to your brother or your sister. Then, after you make it right, you can come before a holy God. He's holy. And worship him. So in order to go, we must grow. If we don't rot people, if we don't repent pain, if we do not walk in obedience, and if we don't trust God, we will figuratively or spiritually rot. And guess what? If we're rotting, people are going to smell us from a distance. Who would want to stop to listen to us? Who would want to hear us? Stopping him upside the head and cussing like a sailor. And then I see uh, somebody walk, walking across the street with a skirt up here or a beer bottle staggering or a joint. And I'm going to call and say, hey, hey, I want to present Christ to you. Huh. Do you think they're going to listen to me? Huh. They're not. They will not listen. They will not stop. So if we're writing, they're going to be smelling this tension. Hmm. And not only is the gospel not looking too good on us, mm -hmm. but it doesn't smell too good either. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. smell too good. So we got to make ourselves presentable here. We, we are representing Jesus Christ. So in order to represent him, we, all of this doesn't matter. The hair and the the nail and the dress and the suit and the shoes. None of this matters. When we represent him, we, we gotta represent him well. Mm -hmm. In our actions, in our walk, in our, our talk. The life we live. To mirror the life that Christ made for us. So, brothers and sisters, let us examine ourselves before, before we go. That way, when we go as commissioned, we go 
in confidence, without a shadow of a doubt. We go in confidence. And I like to say, it's not self-confidence. I always tell people, I don't have self-confidence. I have God confidence. I have God confidence. Because self, self is, is failure. You know, believing in yourself leads to pride. And don't take me wrong, I know what it means to have self-confidence, but that's just a little thing for me. Like, it makes me feel good. I have God's confidence. Yes. Now, we are the light of the world, and we should not lose connection with our power source, which is Jesus. And we lose this connection because of unbelief, and the hardness of our hearts. Now, now, this is Jesus speaking, okay? Unbelief and the hardness of our hearts. When we lose such connection, it causes a power outage. And brethren, guess what? If there's no light in the church, we'll be stumbling all over each other. Did you hear that? If the light is off in the church, We'll be stumbling all over each other. And guess what's happening to the world? The world remains in utter darkness. Because we're not ready to go to them. How can we go if we're stumbling over each other? We keep stumbling over each other. The world remains in utter darkness. It is practical and instinctive to light a candle when our power goes out. But if it's not placed on a candlestick, as is biblical, but we put it under a bushel, guess what's gonna happen? It's gonna cause a fire. It's gonna cause a fire. You try to put that lit candle under a bushel, see what happens. It's gonna cause a fire. Now we're dealing with a fire that, can, that could be fatal if not put out in time. And this fire could have been prevented if only we stay connected to our power source by repenting, walking in obedience, and trusting in God. Yes. Yes. Now, after all this analogy, we, we, we should have enough, you know, to thrive on by staying connected to our power source, which is Jesus Christ. You see, he's not like people. So once we stay plugged in, our life will stay on. He's ready, it's like the socket, he's there, you plug, you're plugged into him, your light is gonna stay on. Yes. And like people, he's the source of all sources. Yes. He never loses energy, because he's energy. Yes. So if, if you stay plugged into him, your light will always stay on. Yes. See, we are, We then become the light of the world when we stay plugged into Christ. Like he said, we are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill that cannot be hid. I want to be that light. I don't want to be a candle placed under a bushel. At least, I want to be on a candlestick, y'all. And that's why today I stand to be corrected. I don't know about any one of you, but I stand to be corrected. 
Now, we're going somewhere once we become that, that, that light of the world, the city on the hill that cannot be hidden. Then we're going somewhere. And this takes us to our text in verse 16. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. We now own the title as believers as we go to unbelievers with the good news. So we have to be corrected. We have to embrace the correction that Christ gives to us. Not what First Lady is saying to you. You can read it for yourself, but you have to be obedient. Just reading it doesn't even matter. You could read it until you don't even have to open the Bible no more. And it rolls off your tongue so fluently. But if you're not practicing it, what's the use? There's no truth in not practicing it. You know, while there's always going to be believers and unbelievers, because Christ said it, who believe shall be saved, and those who don't believe shall be damned or condemned. So he said, so we know there are always going to be believers and unbelievers. We, as believers, should be confident of this one thing. That he that has begun a great work is he is faithful to perform it to the end. So my people of God, as you grow, go knowing that nothing can be accomplished by might or by power, but by the spirit of the living God. Go knowing that you're not standing in the way of sinners, because his word says, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners. We, it's pointless for us to go to and stand in the way of sinners. So after we examine ourselves, and we are now true, true believers, we, we, we're now claiming that title, and we're now embracing it with confidence, mm -hmm. we know that, that we're not standing in the way of sinners. We can then go. Go, knowing that your belief in Christ is not only foundational, but it is practical. Go, knowing that the responsibility of those who believe or believe not is not resting on your shoulder. It's not resting on our shoulder because we are true believers. In Ezekiel 33 and, those, and verse 3 to 4, it states that when a watchman warns the people of imminent danger and they do not repent or they do not believe, their blood is on their own shoulders. Let it be so for us believers. Let it not be on us. Because if we don't warn them, then guess what's going to happen? The blood is going to be on our shoulders. Yeah, yeah. But we can't warn them if we need the warning for ourselves. So let us stand to be 
and go in confidence knowing that the work is already done. The touchdown is already secured. We stand on Christ, the solid rock, and nothing can remove that from under us. Let's not see this as a way, though, to behave out of character, but let us see this as a way to walk in sync with Christ, to be in unity, to walk in love, to shut our feet with the preparation of the gospel, to put up the helmet of salvation, yeah. to have the mind of Christ, to wear the breastplate of righteousness, to hold the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, to guard our lives with truth yeah. as we proclaim the gospel, which is the good news. Yeah. And the good news is. Uh -huh. That Christ yeah. died on Friday. Yeah. For all of us. Yeah. Yeah, that's the good he news. He was buried in a bar of two. Yeah, that's good news. Right. But Sin. He said, all have sinned. 
and fallen short of the glory of God. And on this day, you can take the opportunity to repent, to obey, and to trust him. And trust means that you don't have to see your way out. You just trust to know that he knows the way out. So you can come as a candidate for baptism, you can come in your own Christian experience, or you can come in restoration. But the important thing is that you come. Is there one? Amen. He that believeth shall have everlasting life.